2020 was the year social justice came to Norway. Identity politics replaces education at the National Academy of Arts in Oslo, <clears throat> Norway. Uh, five students have written this article I will we'll be quoting from and saying that they demand to get an education instead of just ideology, politics and indoctrination. Now, what is at stake here is an attempt to deliver the final death blow to any idea of objective knowledge or quality. It is an attempt to to um, uh, make what you are creating utterly irrelevant because the important thing now is moral purity. Uh, in short, they are implementing critical theory. And let me just uh, uh, say that you should really read Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrost if you really want to go into it. Uh, that will explain it all. I will now deal with how this affects um, uh, the culture uh, culture field. Before we get into what these five students are writing, though, uh, head over to kvopillis.com slash donate, and there are uh, different ways you can support our show, and you can check out the benefit you get from doing so. Um, so what these five students are writing about is this photograph here by Vanessa Beecroft is the, the artist behind it, in, in, at any rate. Uh, so what we're seeing here is one black woman and then a dozen or whatever uh, white women, not only in black face, but in black bodies as well. And it's actually hanging at the National Academy of Arts. And it's quite interesting because uh, this is from Art in Public Space. Uh, there's, a, there's a state institution for everything in Norway. And they're saying that the photography uh, forces a reaction and invites to political and ethical discussions. Well, that is what is going on now because uh, the uh, 12 students at the academy started this uh, or in imported the idea of social justice here now to the National Academy of Arts saying that that photograph is racist. Obviously, it was made as a critique of racism. So what we're witnessing right now is the revolution eating its own children. So let's dig into it. Uh, this is the former principal of the academy who uh, very much supported the, the demands uh, from these 12 students and also later from a group of 136 students and employees. So um, I will be reading from this article uh, written by five students who object, five students at the National Academy of Art, who object to what is going on. And they are referring to this letter by, by uh, this, uh, signed by this 136 people, uh, saying that, uh, that the letter starts with problematizing whiteness in state and institutional structures specifically related to the art field. Uh, and that this letter then is saying that whiteness is a position anyone can 
can um, uh, find themselves in, independent of their skin color. And despite of whiteness trying to help, it only tries to keep its power over others. So uh, this is the moral pur purification, because of course no one wants to, uh, or no one is, uh, supporting racism. Uh, what they're doing now is uh, making a coup, saying we are the only ones who are fighting against racism. So if, if you do not uh, agree with us, then you are a bigoted person. Um, this is what I refer to as art 2.0, because you can say that uh, with art, what you create, the actual object has been unimportant for a very long time. Now it is becoming even less important because it's all about not even the idea behind, but about your moral purity. And uh, so g getting to what they are talking about here, then uh, these 100, 136 students, and it's all, all seems very fair. Uh, they, they are saying that the, the, the actions that have gone on in America, uh, these protests against uh, police violence, against racism, uh, taking down you know, colonial or racist monuments, uh, that is something that uh, they should be doing at the Art Academy in Oslo as well. And they're saying that um, they know that what has happened in America has been re-traumatizing for racified students. Not shitting you, racified students. And that uh, the article has done nothing about this, and this uh, reveals their uh, the lack of understanding and support uh, uh, that 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 you know uh, uh, BIPOC students uh, encounter at the school or that, that they, they uh, their experiences at the school. Um, so these five students go on to to describe what uh, what uh, this letter uh, is saying that and uh, and these 136 uh, students and employees want obligatory BIPOC representation in all democratic processes uh, yada yada and they want to uh, and document racism, homophobia, transphobia, and discrimination against people with disabilities. Now, this is where it gets scary, documentation. And also, when you know, if you read Lindsay, if you go to newdiscourses.com and you got, go into that material, you understand that this is, uh, from the critical theory point of view, you pause it that there is a problem like racism, you just have to find examples of it. And it's hidden in language, and it's hidden in, in mysterious ways that you cannot see, so you can never know that you are not uh, bigoted. So uh, what counts as racism, homophobia, transphobia, and, and, and discrimination in general uh, is limitless. And so uh, these 136 students also want to... In, uh, to um, uh, they, they want obligatory anti-racist uh, uh, training and they are openly attacking white professors and their lack of knowledge because the lack of non-Eurocentric uh, viewpoints and experiences are endangering the artistic work of BIPOC students. Okay, so this is uh, this is the standpoint theory uh, thing. Again, Lindsay describes that very well, um, where 
if you are not in a sort of victim situation, then you do not know uh, what reality is really like. Um, well, the only thing I can say to that, it's time for a little reality check. Because when it comes to uh, what they're saying here now, that, that uh, um, uh, you know, there's a lack of non-Eurocentric viewpoints. This was made in Nigeria fi about 500 years ago, five, 600 years ago, the Ifi culture. So what do you call that? Do you call that an amazing, beautiful sculpture or is it internalized racism? This is, I believe, 9th century uh, Japanese. You have the contrapposto. This is totally Greek, but I guess that's wrong because uh, it might have been influenced by the Greeks. <laughs> so that's maybe internalized uh, bigot bigotry in any case. You have Li, Li Cheng, Chinese painter of the 10th century, making work that really is more or less uh, identical to what uh, Lars Hartwig in Norway is doing in the, uh, in the end of the 19th century. And you have stuff like this, uh, this, um, this is 12th century Chinese Bodhisattva. And, uh, and uh, you have, of course, Egyptian stuff like this. Now, this is a sensual body. Uh, shout out to Citizen Art for, for this blog. Um, so when they're saying that there is a lack of uh, non-Eurocentric viewpoints, well, then history kind of makes that statement uh, fairly meaningless. Um, so, uh, uh, and they're also writing here that uh, these five students that when the when there's a, this push to fight against structural racism and sexism in the name of social justice, in the name of critical race theory, um, decolonization studies, etc., there has been no examples of this. And uh, other than that, this uh, artist's uh, Beecroft's uh, uh, photograph is problematic, and. Um, you know, I think if we if we go to um, uh, yeah, here, here's the thing. Um, so <laughs> the students and uh, this uh, this 136 students are not uh, are not protesting that uh, against men being underrepresented and BIPOC overrepresented at the national academy. So is this not problematic? And the intentions are not, uh, uh, you cannot misunderstand the intention uh, the, the, these five students are saying. Quoting on, the white gaze gets to define what is seen as relevant and of quality. And that uh, this, um, uh, what is being taught at the Art Academy ignores whole continents, peoples and cultures. And that uh, uh, the Art Academy then has to, to commit to decolonization of the, what is being taught, etc., etc. And as we just saw, this just shows that they are completely uh, ignorant when, when it comes to, comes to, uh, to the actual history. And um, I think um, I think uh, also the, the, the former uh, director here says that uh, uh, you know we have to look at what we can do uh, 
to support Black Lives Matter, anti-racism, and the decolonization of art. Now, okay, here's uh, there's a couple of points here. I mean, this is an implementation of what is going on generally in society within the field of culture, uh, within the field of art specifically. So I think, uh, uh, you know, if, if you saw that that folder from the from the North American uh, Museum of African American History and Culture, um, which problematized uh, whiteness, uh, white culture, and saying that uh, this is something that believes in being objective, in being rational, uh, which values uh, uh, individualism, rugged individualism, and uh, where you're not supposed to show emotion, for example. There's a bunch of other things on the list, of course, but I'm cherry-picking here specifically to show, or to make the point that, uh, well, first of all, if you want to decolonialize art, you have to understand that art was the, the value system of fine art was coined by white Eurocentric and in some cases racist men in the, the, the late 18th, early 19th century. And uh, what the, the whole fundament of this uh, concept of fine art is first and foremost anti-reason. Uh, Immanuel Kant writes in the Critique of Judgment from 1790 that it is first when you do not know what you're doing that you are creating art. And uh, so fine art then is also anti-objectivity uh, because um, craft is unimportant. That's not something you should engage in. And uh, um, the genius that Kant is talking about should have nothing to do with that whatsoever. In fact, um, he should just find these things in himself. So there's a sub subjectivity there, in, which is the exact opposite of the objectivity that is said to be quote-unquote white, which is also blatantly racist, by the way. Um, and this is why uh, Edward Munch could, could say that, to me, the sky is green, right? So second of all, individuality. Uh, if there is one thing that signifies the concept of fine art defined by white men, it is that it is anti-individual. The genius that Kant is talking about has to free himself from the past, free himself from, from knowledge, which makes you a slave to the theoreticians. And that is not exactly individualism, is it? Um, you have uh, Hegel, the other uh, great white philosopher, talking about this, who talks about the zeitgeist. You have to be in your time. Now, what is this? This is to belong to the group. And uh, if you look at uh, what has been made, inspired by these two philosophers, you see that individuality and uh, showing emotions is not exactly what uh, what we're we're talking about here. <laughs> Quite the contrary. If you look at this thing by Matisse, you see that 
the stereotypical depiction of man is uh, is what signifies the concept of art. So if you want to de- decolonialize art, well, then you should go back to the Greek or Roman way of thinking. But they don't get that, do they? Um, so uh, so this is what this is um, uh, why this is happening then at the at the art academy and um, I have to say that that you know um, there there are they are saying then that that there are students at the art academy not because they want obligatory indoctrination but because they want to to learn you know a craft basically. So there's still people like that, and um, and uh, they're saying here then that, and this is the really, really scary part. Um, this has come to, to Norway as well. Silent is consent of racism, and uh, they're saying then that um, uh, <laughs> there's also been mentioning mention of open debate, of course, but uh, none of that has happened so far. And uh, they are saying then that that because of this idea of social justice, you have intersectionality. And again, go to newdiscourses.com to learn more about that. Um, where you um, you are judged not by the content of the, your character, but the color of your skin or whatever sexuality or uh, group that you are you belong to. So what happens is, and th- this is what these five students are writing, uh, is that. Uh, if you deviate from this social justice idea that is being implemented, you cannot do that. I, even if you are uh, of some kind of, if you are BIPOC, black, indigenous, or person of color, if you hold a position which goes against what they're trying to implement, then you are some kind of traitor. And uh, uh, I, I really have to show you this because this is the letter uh, written by those 136 students being read aloud collectively at the National uh, Academy of Arts. So if you want to hear what what uh, open debate sounds like, this is it. So, yeah. I'll take uh, I'll take uh, uh, a close debate <laughs> at any time if this is open debate, and uh, this is one of the students who has uh, who wrote the article that I have been uh, been reading from, and uh, the funny thing is that he has been mocking the the situation going on because um, yeah. Because it's a matter of ideology, not of you know exchanging ideas, and he has been really attacked for that, and it just completely illustrates the point. Because uh, this man uh, Webern Pedersen is Sami, so he is an indigenous uh, person, you know, Norwegian person, but an indigenous indigenous person, and. When he is going against what they're trying to implement, that does not help at all. Now, um, and this is when we're getting back to to uh, what this really is about. It's not about social justice with a you know lowercase s and and j. This is about a 
a cultural, uh, well, as as Antonio Gramsci, the the Italian communist, to say, this is about. Uh, getting the cultural hegemony. It's a cultural revolution. And uh, wh what they are doing is trying to destroy the very fundament of what a culture is, which is to have certain objective uh, criteria, objective ideas of what quality is. If you do not have, if you don't do not have that, you as an individual have absolutely no safety net at all. What you're left with is nepotism and camaraderie. And uh, as I say, what what the, re the end result here is that what you create is utterly unimportant because everything is just seen through this uh, uh, hierarchy of vi victimhood. And when they are uh, trying to purify the moral completely, then in the end, no one will do. And uh, of course, uh, anyone who works with so uh, within some some kind of creative activity should be c concerned about this because we are talking about language policing, and that means poli uh, thought uh, policing, which means policing of what you are creating. Because in uh, what lies implicit in this is that anything that has to do with the old regime is oppressive because that's how they think either oppressor or the oppressed so if you belong to something that was before you are the oppressor so painting a, a classical figurative portrait becomes an act of oppression and therefore an act of aggression so anyone who works with specific, especially classical culture in some way, when it comes to theater or when it comes to, to poetry, sculpture, whatever, is especially uh, uh, in, you know, in the hotspot here. And uh, one of the ways they are doing this is by uh, blurring the boundaries. So they are doing this through blurring what you create and who you are morally, merging that so that if you are a morally good person by the standards, accepted standards, then what you create is good. If you are morally not acceptable, then what you create is bad. We've heard this before in, in, in history. And, you know, what is, uh, what is at stake here is the idea of of uh, uh, individuality, but also of universality. Um, because the whole idea of the Ifi uh, sculptures here, there's things made by the Assyrians uh, in ancient Egypt, as we've seen, uh, the Greeks, obviously, in the Baroque times. The whole point there is the idea of ecce homo, look at this human being. And so, so that's a fight against individuality in that sense. They want to get completely rid of that. And there's also the fight against individuality in the sense that because you are judged by your political correctness and not by why, what, what you create, you as an individual have um, are given an increasingly worse situation when it comes to trying to establish yourself within the culture field somehow. Now, I think one of the most important things too is that that um, 
what we're losing if this wins is the archetypical perspective. And if there's one thing we need as human beings, it is to see our life in the eternal perspective and not just in terms of contemporary politics. And that's what they want to do with the implementation of critical theory of social justice, all of these buzzwords, is to trick you into getting a tunnel vision only on what is happening right here and now. And that is a recipe for uh, for uh, uh, mental illnesses outright. What is happening here is that we're talking about the, the temptation of Buddha. You can have power in your time, but then they take your soul seriously. You are being tricked into, uh, if you follow this, being tricked into focusing only on what is going on in your time, forgetting the internal perspective. And if you are creating something that has to do with the classical form, it is vital that you are aware of this. And that's why also you need to uh, read Joseph Campbell, the hero with a thousand faces, who is talking about how the hero is always the person who brings eternity into the present.